Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Short Thing, Sure Thing this week. It is week 11 of the NFL season. As we march on here, we'll get some college picks as well as some NFL picks today as it is the Pick'em Show with Warren Shore and Ryan Silva. As always, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio Podcast app, at The Short Thing, and check us out on Twitter at The Short Thing as well. We have completed Maction for another year. It is a sad day, but Maction will return next November. We got through it. Corona looked like it was going to stop Maction, but it did not as we uh, finished up with three games last night. They will now go play on Saturday, starting next Saturday. Uh, and then the college basketball season gets started on Wednesday, so you can say that uh, takes its place uh, there. So that is what's going on. Ryan, how's your week been? It's been good, man. We, uh, we, you know, I was, we had a tough weekend at the window, but uh, between Maction and a little uh, Korean baseball <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> the uh, UEFA, what was it, the UEFA Nations League or whatever. Yeah. Uh, your boy is, is slowly building the bankroll back up, so it's been good as far as that goes. But uh, ready, ready for uh, this weekend slate. Uh, I, like I said, I these last couple of weeks, you may want to fade the NFL picks, but the college picks you definitely want to tail if, it, uh, if things keep going the way they are. Did you have any NBA draft props? I did not. No, I'll be honest with you. I probably knew like seven or eight guys. <laughs> yeah. And so, because uh, you know, you know, March Madness is when you kind of really get to know some of these top prospects. And, uh, you know, obviously everyone already knew, you know, like LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, um, because of his his thing going down in, in Memphis um, and whatever. But as far as like, you know, some of these top guys, I, like I said, I knew maybe seven or eight of them. Yeah. And no, three I, of them, three of them probably being from Arizona, the three guys that got drafted in Nico Mannion, uh, uh, Josh Green, who got drafted by the Mavs. And then um, uh, Zeke Nanji, who went to the uh, the uh, Nuggets. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I knew local guy, Obi Toppin, obviously local Cleveland guy. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, uh, I guess some people are upset that they didn't take a local guy, but what are you going to do? Um, but before we get into the NBA, the, uh, the, uh, NBA draft, we'll go NBA draft college, then, uh, the NFL, uh, Thanksgiving's next week. So we're going to come out with an episode on Monday Monday and Wednesday next week for the picks for uh, that weekend. So, all right, NBA draft. Uh, yeah, Obi Toppin, first of all, I know you said I was triggered at the tweet. I was really not triggered. I just wanted to see if I could get a Davis by responding that way. Oh, that's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> oh, I was just I was just saying that. I just wanted to see if I get a response. That, I was. That I'm is serious. The, that is I the was. worst guy on Twitter. That is. Or the guy that like trolls, and then when he gets clapped back at, he's like, "Oh man, actually huge fan. Just wanted." I to, was uh, not going to say, but I was. There was no going to be. There was no going to be a. I'm a huge fan. If of a Seth Davis, I like him. But bro, look at a map. Look at a map. First of all, look at do some background check on Obi Toppin. I've never heard someone say someone from Dayton went to the University of Dayton is a local guy. You know, that's, that's it's funny the the difference of uh, you know something like that because from what I can gather, just from working with you and and you know the, all these shows we do is is Ohioans only claim their city. 
You know what I mean? Where like it's it's either you're from Akron or you're from Cleveland. You're not from Ohio. Either you you know you played in Denton or excuse me in Dayton, but you you're not a Cleveland guy. Whereas like in Arizona, like if a kid's from Tucson, it's like oh that's an Arizona guy. Or like even here in Texas, like he's a Texas guy. Oh that's a Texas guy. You know what I mean? He could be in Lubbock. He could be from Abilene. He could be from from Austin, Dallas, whatever. It's like oh that's a Texas guy. But in Ohio, you very much cling to your city. Did I claim Joe Burrow as an Ohio guy? When I don't he was know. Killing it at LSU. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I we claim there's the thing is but though. Did, he, but he he grew up like right around the corner from Columbus, didn't he? Yeah, he grew up in Athens. He's an Ohio guy. Yeah. The thing is with Obi Toppin, he grew up in New York City and went to school in Dayton. Oh. Like he didn't even grow up in Ohio. He grew up in New York City. That's the whole reason of the local kid. I just didn't. I was did not get. And Dayton is four hours away, three and a half hours away from Cleveland. I don't know, whatever. I was hoping to get a response out of him. Obviously, it didn't work. I was disappointed in that. That's why I went with that. You thought I was triggered. I was just floored. No, I, know, I mean, I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell what what the tone was behind the tweet, but I just obviously I I wanted to troll you, in uh in saying that you were. It was, it was more of a geography shaming type of deal going on, of or maybe do your research. Like I don't know. I was just. I was just floored that so I mean he was get like I wasn't the only one that that you go look at his mentions the first four replies are Google Maps of how far it is from Cleveland to Dayton and it's a three hour drive and they're in completely opposites and then another one is a drive from Cleveland to New York City which is eight hours so uh, look I wasn't the only one going at him um, I just thought that was funny but the draft. I guess I don't know. I don't even know. I'd look, we don't know anything about these guys, so we're not going to like try and talk about any of these guys. I'm glad uh, you said that because that's very much how I felt. Like, like I said, I knew the guys I knew, but I wasn't going to try to pretend to break down, you know, Patrick Williams from Florida state, you know, who went to the bulls fourth overall or, you know, anything like that. Like I'll straight up tell you, I knew, I, like I said, I knew about maybe eight to 10 guys in this draft and that was about it. Do you even know LaMelo Ball? We've never seen him play unless it's on like YouTube highlights. He played in Australia. Right. Yeah. You like, just kind of have an like, idea. You just, he's a six, eight guy that can pass and he shoots 25% from three and under 40% from the field. Like that, is that really a guy you're going to take number one? Like I understand the potential, mm -hmm. but like, what do you, you, all this is projecting out. So like, what do we know about LaMelo Ball or whatever and all this stuff? Like, we don't know anything about James Wiseman played three games at Memphis and he hasn't played basketball in over a year. Yeah, no, I know it's, it's, like I said, it's, uh, you're right. Even the guy, even, I guess the, the better way to put it is, is, you know, some names, you know, sure. I mean, you know, some names, you don't know the guys full, uh, full skill set from, you know, the small sample size we saw. I mean, they played what three quarters of the season. They but, got to the uh, conference tournament. They didn't play the conference tournaments. They played the whole regular season. Yeah. So, I mean, they pretty much got the whole way done. Um, but the Mavs, let's talk about them because they made some moves and then we could talk about the whole NBA landscape and the trades, uh, and all that going on. We'll start off with the trade. The Mavs made, they traded, they made a trade. They traded away Seth Curry for, uh, Josh Richardson. And then the 33rd or the 36th pick, I think, which was Tyler Bay. Um, it was a wing. And it seems like from what I've read on the Mavs draft, they focused on defense. It seems like they are fine with the offensive side of the ball, obviously with Luka. 
Um, I still look. I which I'm not. I I agree with that. But the thing, Porzingis, it's been already announced that he is. Um, he's not. Uh, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. I'm still worried about his long term health. Mm-hmm. Like he's been having too many, like knee type of injuries. I I don't. I don't know. I'm a little. I'm. I you have to trust I I can't trust Porzingis I guess is what I'm saying to be healthy for a full season. I mean yeah, there's no reason why anybody would at this point. But, but uh, even like seventy, like even sixty five games, I don't like I don't know. I'm still. Well, Porzingis, they're only playing seventy two this year, so. Okay, six whatever fifty five. You know what I mean. I'm yeah. Like how how can you not trust that he's not going to have another serious injury? And and yes, you could say anybody on any play could get injured, but this guy's. Towards ACL, then he comes back and he was had a injury on the other knee this year, and it just kept lingering. And I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still bullish on on Porzingis' health going forward. But uh, what do you think of this trade for Josh Richardson for Seth Curry? I think it got. I think people are surprised by it. Yeah, I think they are too. But it, yeah, I think it, it plays along. Perfectly with um, who they drafted at 18 and Josh Green. I mean, another guard, their guard, their backcourt was uh, was already, uh, you know, kind of filling up as it was. So I think this was a perfect move to move Seth, uh, get some guy that get a guy in Josh Richardson that can help out that defensive side of the ball. I think they're a top five in in offense. And then they were like, I think they're well, like they were one. They were they had the best offensive efficiency in NBA history. Last OK, so, yeah. OK, so, yeah, even better. But they were I believe their defensive efficiency was like around 28 or 29. Yes. So they obviously needed, uh, you know, big help there. So I think the trade for Seth, um, you know, or excuse me, straight trading away. Seth uh, kind of just played with, like I said, with exactly with what they did uh, in the first round at, at pick 18. And then at 31, they picked Tyrell Terry, who's a long forward um from uh uh from shoot stanford. from stanford yes that's right from stanford and he said well that I mean when they when they interviewed him he said my whole uh my whole career i've i've really actually tyrell terry's the guard maybe i'm thinking of tyler bay uh yeah. who who after they said uh he he after his, in his interview he said you know he's he's worked along with guards his whole life got it, you know, kind of picking and rolling. And so that that's where he kind of sees himself fitting in it is pick it, pick and roll playing around the rim, uh, you know, obviously catching lobs, things like that. So that's a great pick too there. Cause you have a guy that, you know, I know Porzingis kind of flips back and forth from that four and five, that if he does go down, you have a guy that's very comfortable in playing that pick and roll offense or, or, you know, spacing. That's the other thing Tyler Bay mentioned was spacing when Porzingis is on the floor. So I, I think the move for Seth getting Josh Richardson, a guy with a little experience as well, um, I, I mean, I, I think they did a great job. I don't think Mavs fans should be coming away too uh, upset about what they did overall in trades and drafting uh, last night. The, well, the the thing about Richardson, this the thing about the trade for Richardson for Curry is too the contract. Like Seth was making only eight million a year over two years, over the next two years, and Richardson is making ten million this year, and then has like a eleven million player option. Uh, after after this year so he's got uh, potentially two years left on the deal so you're adding some money if you're trying to make the big splash i mean it still opens up the the max slot which you're going at but i just think it was just a shock that seth curry uh was traded and richardson had a really good year two years ago last year he kind of struggled but i like josh richardson i think he's a really good player he can shoot the three in the corner and they said this tyrell terry don nelson said he could shoot the piss out of the ball so 
uh, get another sharpshooter uh, out there for the Mavs. But yeah, I I um I like uh, I, I like what they did. Uh, they still need though. I feel like they still need some uh, some help in the middle, like at the center spot. Some length. They don't really have a lot of size. If they're, are they going to bring back Willie Cully Stein? No, he opted out. I know, but you could still bring him back just because. Oh yeah, yeah. Him. You can't bring him right, back. Right. Are they going to? It doesn't sound like they're going to bring him back because he barely played after they traded for him. Dwight Powell's coming off an Achilles injury, um, so that's going to like. Other than that, they don't really have a lot of. They got Boban, like Maxi's good, but just remember, and Porzingis plays the center when he's out there. But just remember last year, it seemed like they just had trouble rebounding the ball a lot. Um, well, they are getting going, Dwight, they'll, they'll, they'll get Dwight Powell back, who he's a big guy when it comes no, to rebounds. I know that, but you are you going to really expect for the first half of the season? You got to get him to like ease back from the Achilles. Mm-hmm. That's going to take some time. But I'm just saying, it's, it seems like they need, I still think they need some depth on the uh, inside there. Just. Boban, yeah, maybe you get him more minutes, but I don't know. It just seems like they're getting beat on the rebounding edge a lot. And um, Josh Richardson would help with that. He's a good rebounding uh, wing player. But it just I just think last year they were getting – it was a little too easy to go to the hole on them when Chris Dobbs was hurt and Dwight – obviously Dwight Paul's out, but he'll be back. And Boban wasn't in there. So I just – if that's one – that would be like the one thing I think they got to try and get in free agency, which opens up. Tomorrow, well, you know one the one guy that that has a great has great size. Uh, he doesn't really play the four the five a whole lot, but he can stretch the floor a little bit, can handle the ball a little bit. Uh, not a great shooter that I think they'll probably be targeting in free agency. Um, Giannis. <laughs> well, Giannis is a free agent, <laughs> right? Uh, no, in a, in a couple years after this year, if he doesn't take the supermax deal, um, which I would say all. From what I was, I've been listening to uh, Zach Lowe. They've been, he's been, he's been doing the uh, uh, podcast crossover with Windhorse, and Milwaukee's operating on the fact or under the impression that Giannis is going to sign the uh, Supermax extension, which I would say isn't really a surprise because when you can make like $55 million more, uh, why would you not sign it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anybody that declines a Supermax and goes to try to sign somewhere else, I think is usually pretty, uh, is, you know, it's a wild move. And just because you sign the Supermax, like Giannis in two years could say, trade me. And then the Bucks could get in the standoff of saying, we're not going to trade you. You sign this contract. But he could, just because he doesn't sign these signs, it doesn't mean. Well, we've seen it a hundred times. We're sure we're seeing it right now. Um, which is with the James Harden thing, that's pretty finesse move by the Rockets saying that James Harden turned down a two-year, $103 million extension. I don't understand how James Harden signs an extension like every two years. Doesn't it seem like he just signed a deal? Um, uh, I didn't yeah. know he was up for an extension. It seems like he just signed an extension. He's got two years left on his deal right now, so this would be two years added on. Mm-hmm. Um, but And then people are like, wow, he's turning down $103 million. James Harden has made like $300 million playing basketball, I think. It's absurd how much his career earnings um and he has a stupid deal with Adidas too. He's making tons yeah. of money off the court too. Yeah, so he doesn't need uh he doesn't technically need the money. He doesn't need a hundred million dollars. Well, he look, and I don't <laughs> anybody need anybody would gladly take a hundred million dollars, don't get me wrong. Right. But I'm saying from his 
I mean, he's he's in the middle of a four-year, hundred and seventy-one million dollar contract. I mean, he's a free eight. Yeah, he's this in the second year of that. So, so I so he's obviously trying to go to the Nets. Is that is the story out? Is he's trying to go pair up with with KD and Kyrie and play with the Nets? Which that would <clears throat> that would be a wild locker room uh, to be a part of. You know, if they hit a hit a tough skid. But uh, I was thinking about this while all this was going on. Obviously, he's trying to win a championship. That's everyone's goal. That's why he turned down the $100 million. Don't tell me, would you agree with this or not? And I, I don't know if I fully agree with it, but until LeBron retires, it's got to be either him or Kawhi as favorites for the championship, no? Uh, yeah, I would agree. But, well, it also depends, like, how you see... Um, it also depends how you... How you can... Um, you got to see LeBron's decline. Right. Like you can't just say he's gonna be like in three years if he's still when he's still playing in the league. You can't be like, wow, LeBron seems the favorite if he has any decline. Well, like if he has still... AD next to him, though, he, you know, you kind of figure AD's still in his prime, you know, For or sure. another a big guy like that. For sure, but again, you don't know his decline. Like, right? Like if he when he hits that wall, it's just gonna fall off, or it's gonna be slow. Yeah, yeah, you don't know that. Um, so Harden so far has made a hundred and forty-eight million dollars, and then the next three years. He's got 40 million, 43 million. He's got another 120 million coming in the next three years. So till he'll be at 270 million. So just shy of 300 million at the end of this contract, which is absurd. Um, but the thing about the Rockets, like I don't understand Harden. Are they really mad that like they didn't talk to him when they hired Steven Silas? I guess that's what he's mad about. And then he just wants out of that. I mean, I don't, I, Tillman, uh, Furtada name or something like that. Yeah. I know his first name is, huh? For Tida, I think. For Tida. Tillman, he's, he's kind of got the cheapo, I think. Uh, I don't know. He's got the, he's got something going on over there. I don't really like <laughs> Tillman from what I've read, but, uh, I don't understand, like, Harden, they've done everything he wanted. And then now they, like, let Maury go and they let, uh, Dan Tony, which was probably he was always gone after this year, and then he just wants out now. It's because he's mad they didn't console him. Who the coach was? That seems like a little bit of a maybe. Over- I wonder if you know. I was just thinking about. It. I just put two and two together. <clears throat> uh, Dan Tony's with the Nets now too. I wonder if that's a big, yeah, you know, big part of of what Harden wants. Uh, maybe I guess I don't know, but like he he didn't want to play with Chris Paul, so they traded Chris Paul. You wanted to play with Westbrook. They got Westbrook. Like he's pretty much done everything they wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. And part of it is him not living up to the expectations and coming down in crunch time when it's to not making a play. Yeah. Um, but also you have to look at, too, like what happens if Chris Paul doesn't hurt his hammy in game five of the 20, what, 17 finals? Was that mm-hmm. Western Conference finals? Was that the yeah. year? I believe so. Yeah. Or 2018. Or no, no, like, no. It was, yeah, one of those two years, one of those two years. I think it was 2018. Well, then they might. They might. No, they probably make the finals. I don't think I don't know if they win the championship, but they make the finals and he's looked at differently. It's just a weird. And the thing, too, is like he doesn't Houston doesn't have to trade him. And if they don't trade him, what are they going to do? He's going to sit out. He's not going to play. I mean, no, I, he's not going to do that because then you can get into a whole, uh, you know, breach of contract thing where he has to give back money. Whatever. Yeah, no, I, but I, I think we need to finally see a, an NBA team. Um, 
just, you know, doing about face because like I said, we've seen this time and time again with, with superstars, they sign, they sign these big contracts. They say they're committed to the franchise, the organization. And then two years in, they're like, Hey, trade me. And every single time they get traded, you know, we saw Paul George, we saw with Kyrie, we see with guys time and time again, we saw with AD, uh, you know, where, where guys want out and the organization listens, you know, I wouldn't hate to see the Rockets say, you know what? No, you signed this contract. You're staying here. You're playing. And if you want to walk when that contract's up, that's fine. But then again, then the organization looks stupid because you just let the superstar go and you don't get anything in return. So I think that also has a big, a lot to do with it is, is your return on investment. You know, if you're going to give this guy $200 million and then he just walks away and you are just left with a big hole and 200, $200 million missing from your bank account, that's what, uh, that's really what they start looking at. Well, they also need to get picks back because they traded him all to Oklahoma City in the Westbrook trade. Yeah. So, like, they're not going to let him go for – I mean, he's still got three years left on his deal, too. So, it's not like he's out the door this year. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting thing. All right, before we get to we, – we'll talk about the Suns and Chris Paul. But the Mavericks free agency starts on Friday. What uh, – it's a pretty weak class. I'd say the top tier players. I'm looking at it: Fred Van Fleet, Joe Harris, Gallinari, uh, Davis, Bertans, and Montrez Harrell. That's who CBS says they're the top. Uh, they're the top guys up there. What do you uh, What do you think for the Mavs? Look, if they got Bertans, I think that'd be a nice move. I don't know if they're gonna sign them. I. What do you think that they're gonna look to address? They could make it. They could try and make trades. Like I've been on the Bradley Beal train for a couple of years, but it doesn't sound like Washington's willing to trade him. I don't really know what assets the Mavs have to give up. Um, what do you What do you think in free agency that's going? I think uh, Gallo would be a great a great trade for for the Mavs, or excuse me, a great signing for the Mavs, bringing over uh, Danilo Gallinari. You know, a guy that can stretch the floor, a small forward. Uh, you know, decent defender. I can obviously shoot the lights out. Um, uh, so you know, I think that'd be a great. I, I think the. Um, who is who is the one of the guards you named? Uh, Fred Joe Van Harris. Fleet. No, no, Fred Van Fleet. I think, although that would be a good trade, or excuse me, why do I keep saying trade? A good signing for them. Um, I just feel like again that backcourt is is kind of crowded right now. I would love to see them bring Jay Crowder back. You know, a good three and D guy. We obviously saw what he did with Miami. I wouldn't mind seeing him come back. I'd, I'd take him over Montrez Harrell, even though he's a, a you know a little older. He is, uh, I think, a little more. Uh, you know, he he, he can more so play to their style of, of maybe moving the ball around a little bit. He can spread the floor. You know, he can, he can play down on the post. He can hit those corner threes and he's a big defensive guy. So that's, that's another signing. I would, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, the Mavs pull the trigger on, but uh, you know, probably, so those are probably my two top guys. Obviously. I mean, if, if you can make the, the, uh, the Van Fleet thing work cool, if not, I don't think that's a huge loss. All right. I got a couple, uh, I got a couple vets that I think that they should take a look at. Uh, Tristan Thompson, I think fits the role that they would be, he would be good here. Kind of the Dwight Powell pick and roll rebounding just owns the offensive glass and the defensive glass, like a good energy player. I don't, I don't know what he's going to command money wise, probably 15 a year maybe, but I don't think he would be bad. Uh, what do you think about Aaron Baines? I think he's probably, he's pretty, he's pretty much gone in uh, Phoenix, right? Yeah. I don't think he would be bad. And then, you know what? You need a backup center, Dwight Howard. I know Dwight Howard said he wants to get paid this time, but I don't think that would be uh, the Mavs to try to get him before. I don't think that's uh, – um, I don't think uh, Dwight Howard would be a bad move. Yeah, I don't know about Dwight. I mean, what I, 
him saying that he wants to get paid like for what for riding LeBron's coattail like yeah you play you had a good bubble you had a good you know pretty decent postseason at the end of the postseason he wasn't really even playing that much honestly so uh you know I I, I suppose he would be a good a good fit if he's willing to not take a lot of money because I don't think he's going to command that type of yeah money. no yeah I'm just saying those are some guys that I would that I think would for the backup like center position or whatever wouldn't it be a terrible uh a terrible guys to look at but again you're looking through the free agency next year if you need to keep space um and like how many how much money are teams willing to spend in this offseason knowing that the 2021 free agency class is pretty loaded so that's another thing all right so the suns made a move uh to get chris paul what are your thoughts on it i do not like it. I'm not a big fan of this trade. When they were talking about Chris Paul, it's like, okay, that's fine. The one guy I didn't want to give up was Kelly Oubre, and that's exactly who they gave up, along with a couple other pieces. Um, and uh, so, I mean, everyone's saying that this makes the Suns a contender in the West. It doesn't. It doesn't make them like a six, seven, eight seed, probably. You know, we'll see Houston fall off, uh, I'm assuming here. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of it there. I mean, they're, I, I know why they did it. They did it so they can make the playoffs to kind of as like and Deandre Ayton. Um, so, you know, in that regard, fine, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I hate, I'm not a big fan of the trade at all. Um, Chris Paul, obviously one of the top point guards we've seen, but you know, and in the game right now, but he's old. I mean, he's like 35. And so. Pairing him with 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 Devin Booker will be a nice little um, combo, but yeah, giving up Ubre and and even even uh, Jalen Lequeux, he wasn't bad either. I would have liked to kept uh, keep keep. I would have liked to uh, to for the Suns to keep him around, but yeah, not a big fan of it. Oh, I think it's a good trade. I think this is a trade you have to make. When's the last time the Suns made the playoffs? Um, let's see. We're in twenty twenty, maybe. The Goran Dragic day, so like maybe like 2011. That's why you make the trade. You have to make the playoffs. No shit. Yes, that's. Did you not hear me say that? I said I know. No, yes, to make I the know. Playoffs, but, but but you're acting like this is like we're giving up Kelly Oubre, who's like the next coming of the next great wing out there. He's a nice role player, but you're getting Chris Paul. I know he's old, but like he's gonna develop the. He's gonna teach guys how to win and things like that. Yeah, that's no, I, and cool. that's what I said. I mean, that would be that would be nice for uh, Devin Booker to kind of learn some things from him. Uh, I know Devin Booker is a huge Chris Paul guy. Um, and so, you know, that's good for him. That's awesome. But, and I know that's why they made the trades to make the playoffs, but it makes, that's all it makes you uh, is a contender in the playoffs. It doesn't make you a contender in the West. It doesn't make you, you know, a front runner to win the, to win the West. It puts you at the six, seven or eight seed. And then guess what? When Chris Paul retires in three years, I mean, you're right back to where you're at. So if they kept Kelly, if they didn't make this trade, would they still be in the hunt for the sixth, seventh, and eighth spot? Maybe that eighth spot, seventh or eighth spot, yeah. But then you're building towards something with some of these core guys, and I know they but still you have a lot of core guys. It. You're bringing in a veteran to lead them. And look, I know, I get it, I understand, I understand completely. Like that, that part does not slip me. I understand, but I, I just as a. And I can't even say as like a, a personnel because, like you said, Chris Paul is a great point guard, and he's he's great at what he does. He's a great leader. He's going to teach these guys some things that they haven't gotten in veteran leadership before, so that's good. But uh, yeah, and look, maybe I'm overvaluing Kelly, Kelly Oubre a little bit, but I, I liked him. I, I liked him uh, as part of this team. He brought a different energy. He brought 
a little swagger to this team that was fun to watch. Um, but uh, I still think that they would be not far off of where they will end up this season. Like I said, they, they might be a six, seven, eight seed in the West this year. Uh, and I think that's probably where they could have been uh, without this trade as well. I, I, I don't know. I just think this is a trade that you had to make. I know Ubre is tough to give up on. I know he brought the Valley, the whole Valley thing, got the jerseys, all that stuff. But you're trying to change the culture for the Suns. And that's what Chris Paul's going to do. He's going to teach these guys. And you could use him as a building of the future and guys see how well Devin Booker. Because the thing, too, is like if you keep missing the playoffs, Devin Booker is probably not going to want to stay in Phoenix. Agreed. No, I know. I I get that. I get that for sure. I know you do. Um, I'm just saying. I just I I mean I I think I would be pretty excited, but I I just think this is a move that you had to. It does seem like they gave up a lot for a 35 year old point guard, but you gotta with like a 40 million dollar price to tag too, huh? Like a 40 million dollar price tag too. Yeah. No, I know. And another thing too is like, who are they gonna sign in free agency that was gonna be better? I guess than what they could have got. Um. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I like the trade. All right, off the NBA, college football is this week. We got some good matchups this week. Ohio State, Indiana on Saturday. We got the Bedlam game on Saturday night, Oklahoma, um, Oklahoma State, to name a few. We also have about 14 games canceled right now, postponed, canceled, which I assume that number is going to go up as it's keep it keeps uh, – it keeps going up there. What are your thoughts on the uh, on the college football weekend? Yeah, not bad. Um, definitely, it wasn't too tough for me to pick games this week as it as it has been the last couple weeks. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see how many games we actually get played. Obviously, Texas Kansas gets canceled. Uh, the way uh, things been going for um, Herman against Kansas, I think Texas dodged a bullet there. So shout out to them. Uh, and uh, but yeah, it looks like we have some some def- decent matches matchups. I'm excited to see Indiana Ohio State. I want to see if Indiana's the real deal. I mean, it's going to be tough to say because Ohio State's a wagon. Um, but uh, you know, a couple games to keep on. I mean, mostly the Big Ten right now is kind of what's catching my eye because everyone is still in it. You know what I mean? You got Wisconsin Northwestern. That'll be that'll be that should be a fun one. Um, and uh, you know, so there, there there's not there's not not a terrible slate. No, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an awful slate. I'm telling you what, Rutgers Michigan catches my eye on Saturday night. If Jimmy H loses to Rutgers, the tough scene keeps on coming. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Ohio State Indiana that game is. Uh, I mean, I think Ohio State's going to win. I don't know if they cover in it. I'm interested how the Ohio State defense handles those Indiana receivers. They got a couple good receivers. Um, on the roster, but I and Ohio State's secondary hasn't been Ohio State's defense is not as good as it is last year. Obviously, they lost Chase Young. Uh, they don't have usually they have that Jeff guy that, uh, is ready to just plug in and replace that stud. I think that's Zach Harrison, who's a freshman. It's just he's a freshman, so it's going to take maybe until next year when he's really that that stud there. But uh, the secondary for uh, Ohio State, Sean Wade needs to step up as he's playing outside after he uh, played inside the last couple of years because Indiana's got some pretty good receivers that tie. Uh, free goal, he's pretty good. Um, he's their leading receiver. He can cause some problems out there. And then uh, 
Filer, he's pretty good. Whoop Flyler, what a name. When I've watched them, he's he's pretty uh, electric out there. So they got Man, they got I a good pass. He can't get in the NFL. We need, we, need huh? him to get in the, we need him to get in the NFL. So uh, Birmingham. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they got some explosive explosive players on the uh, on the outside on the receiving. So, but I I don't think they have the uh, firepower to uh, go drive for drive. For four quarters against uh, um, Ohio State, and look who they've beaten. They're four and zero, but they beat Penn State, Rutgers, Michigan, and Michigan State. Like, are those really teams we're hanging our hand on that are good? Yeah, they're three and thirteen combined. Right. Those four schools, so it's not like they've beaten the gauntlet. No, yeah, no, you're you're right, but still, I mean, they that. And, you know, a lot of those did come down to, or which one was it that came down to the last minute? So uh, then those Penn, Penn State, State yeah, Penn was State, the one yeah. Stuck the ball out at the goal line and it could have, yeah. it was a 50-50 call. Um, but yeah, all right. How'd your picks do? How'd your Maction do? Uh, Maction, I went three and one. Uh, Buffalo is the only one that let me down. They I had them 31 and a half, but Kent State, Toledo, and Western Michigan all cover. Um, so that was a good start to the week. I went seven and two last week. Oh, nice. Yeah. I had, uh, I had 10 games on the, on the card, but coastal Carolina and Troy got canceled. Uh, so after seven and two last week, six and three, the week before I'm now sitting at 51, 43 and one. If you add in the matching games, I am 54, 44 and one. Nice. I went, uh, four and five last week. Um, and then adding in the max match and I went two and two. Ball State uh, screwed it for me uh, yesterday. And then Eastern, look, I just played the numbers game on Eastern. I think, what was it, 27 out of the last 29 games they played have been within one score if they won or lost. Yeah. That's just a trends play. Have you seen uh, Nor- Northern Illinois now? They've, they're they 8-1 and one in their last nine against the spread against Ball State. Yeah, I did not know that. I didn't think Northern Illinois was very good. They're always uh, like that, that, that crafty team. Uh, them and, for whatever reason, Arkansas State. I always feel like they're just like... They just win weird games, or they keep it close. Yeah, no, Northern Illinois has been pretty good in the MAC, but um, uh, yeah, it is disappointing though. The MAC, Buffalo and Kent State play next week. That's going to be a great game. That's on Saturday. I wish that was on Tuesday. Get some more eyeballs uh, on that one there. But uh, I'm fi- with Maction. I am fifty-two, forty-five, and three on the season. Um, how many games you got this week? I got a couple. Double up games going on here. I think I got ten. I got one, two. I think I have nine. One, two, three, four, right. five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, I have ten as well. I'm gonna. I I'm gonna be honest. I I don't know what your picks are, but I'm gonna think we're gonna have some of the same this week. But you lead us off. All right. So my first one, I'm going Tulsa and Tulane over fifty four and a half. I got Clemson laying thirty five and a half against Florida State. Eastern Carolina minus three and a half against Temple. I got Coastal Carolina. I'm a little iffy on this one. I think App State's a little scrappy. Uh, I think they're five and one or six and one in the season. But I got Coastal Carolina laying the five and a half. I got a ton of favorites. I just realized, holy sh- crap! Um, Wisconsin minus seven and a half against Northwestern. I think Bama lays the woodwork on Kentucky minus thirty. I got San Jose State minus two and a half. I think they're actually pretty good. San Jose State minus two and a half against Fresno State. Uh, this one is kind of a head scratcher. Um, and I think this is a trap game and I think I'm falling for the trap, uh, perfectly. I'm taking Liberty plus three and a half against NC state. Uh, I got Boise state minus 14 against Hawaii. 
And then against all better knowledge and knowing what I know and even my morals, I'm going to take U of A plus 11 and a half against Washington. I don't think that's that bad. Um, they've shown some things this year, haven't they? Well, they've played one game, and it was close they against USC. They showed something against USC. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. I have Liberty plus three and a half. Do you know? So Liberty's eight. No, you know they're going for a perfect record against the ACC this year. If they, win. yeah, that's wild. So they'd be three and zero against the ACC. I have Liberty plus three and a half, and the over sixty six. I have Arkansas plus two and a half against LSU. The over in the Clemson Florida State game sixty three and a half. I have UCLA plus thirteen against Oregon. I have no favorites. I have Fresno plus two and a half at home against San Jose State. Uh, Mississippi State plus twenty five. And the under 44 and a half. I don't know how there's any offense in that game. Uh, I'll take the over 58. Boise and Hawaii. Boise's 4 0 in overs this year. Hawaii's 1 and 3. So it's a bit contrasting in styles, but I think it goes over. And then final pick. I'm reluctant on it, but I think it's just a principle is the over in Bedlam 59 and a half. That's a low number. I know Oklahoma State's defense is good this year. Mm. I don't know. I just 59. I don't really like. I don't like. No, scrap that. I'm not taking it. I'm taking the Florida over 68. So I'm not taking the Bedlam over. I'll take the Florida over uh, 68 right. against Vandy. Shoot. Florida might score seven touchdowns in that game against Vandy. So that's what. Yeah. Those are my. Uh, those are my picks there. Okay. Not a ton of duplicates. No, just two games. Yeah, you can't get you don't want to get too crazy on those. I think two is still a lot, though, isn't it? I don't know. I want to say Clemson minus 35, but that's like, what are they going to win? If they win 49, what do they win? 52. I think it's going to be like like 65 to 17. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of. I mean, I know Florida State scores 17 points. You think they do? I don't know. I mean, I think Clemson could get the over by themselves. Um, but I'm not, I don't want to take the 35. All right, to the NFL. The Cowboys are back this week. They face the Minnesota Vikings as they are coming off a big Monday night win. Kirk Cousins is first in NFL, in his NFL career. He's now one and nine. And the Cowboys come off their bye week. And uh, Andy Dalton looks like he's going to be the starting quarterback, which I, uh, I'm i not really pleased about. I don't get why they're doing that. But I guess they're going back to the veteran. Yeah, it's kind of a head-scratcher. Um, I won't be surprised. Well, I probably would be surprised if they pulled him if he wasn't playing well. I would be surprised if they did that. I think, if, I think um, uh, McCarthy is the type of guy, if he's going to go with you, you're going to be his guy even until the wheels fall off. So, uh, yeah, I think Garrett Gilbert's the better option. He's a little more athletic. He, I think his decision-making, uh, the last time we saw him out was, was great against the Steelers, you know, whether it was throwing the ball or, or pulling it down and running. Um, I think he had a great feel in the pocket for, you know, when things were coming down around him. And, uh, again, I think he has a little bit more mobility than, than Andy Dalton does at this point in his career. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll see how it works out. It'll be interesting to see if Andy Dalton does, you know, play poorly in this game 
if there's pressure from, you know, whether it's the fans, media, Jerry on McCarthy to put Garrett Gilbert back out there. But at the same time, they might not be trying to win too many games, uh, you know, and, and try to secure a, a top spot in the draft, even though the, the division is still plenty, plenty up for grabs. Yeah, I just haven't heard a good reasoning on why they're going back to Dalton. Like from what I've read so far this week, it's just because he's act he's he was the original backup. But I, I, mean, I mean, I think experience probably pl- plays a role in it. I yeah, I would have to assume that is. But you saw him for two games. Like you really need you, you really think he's going to play better than what he did against Washington and uh, and uh, Arizona. I don't. Yeah. I don't like know. that's the thing. I don't. Even, I don't think that's going to happen. I know Minnesota's secondary, they were without four starters on uh, Monday night. I don't know what the injury report is so far, if any of those are coming back. But um, so you're, you should be able to throw the be able to throw the ball on them. But I mean, I after I saw Garrett Gilbert, why would you want to go back to Dalton? He's, he got outscored 63 to 13 in the quarters he played. Mm-hmm. And and if Andy Dalton played against the Steelers, do you think he was going to put up that good a performance that Garrett Gilbert did? I don't think so. No. So that's the thing. So you're you're also you're 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 pretty much telling your team that we're not gonna we're not putting the best option out there to play quarterback. And see, and that's that's the thing too that you got to be worried about uh, for Mike McCarthy. You see, if this, you know, we talked about it last week. You know, Zeke looked like he was a little more engaged, like he was. Uh, you know, kind of locked in a little bit more and uh, not just him, but, you know, a couple other guys, if you feel like you're not putting the best guys out there, you're going to start losing the locker room a little bit. Yeah. So I, man, I, I just, I'm not a fan of, of starting. Uh, um, I'm not a fan of starting Dalton. I think I've made that clear and whatever, whatever they do, it's going to be interesting. Like, so I also don't know how they're going to stop the Vikings. I know the Vikings offense didn't look great, but the Bears defense is pretty good. Dalvin Cook uh, had a tough night, but that was against Akeem Hicks. And when Akeem Hicks went out of the game, they started to run a lot better against that Bears front four. The Cowboys haven't stopped anybody against the run this year. So how are they going to stop Cook? Justin Jefferson, you're without Trayvon Diggs, your best secondary guy. Ouzier's coming back. Yeah, I think he's going to cook the secondary. Like, I don't, I, I, the the seven point line sounds about right to me, but I just don't know how they're going to stop mm-hmm. the Vikings on offense. No, I agree. I mean, you you throw in uh, um, Adam Thielen there too. I mean, that yeah. secondary, that secondary is going to be. I don't think Irv Smith is playing, which he hasn't been a huge factor, but we'll see if the tight ends get involved a little bit here with Minnesota. Uh, but I agree. I think this is going to be. You know, this could. This has the recipe for a big night uh, for the uh, Minnesota offense, and uh, with as poorly as that Dallas defense has been playing, you know, uh, Randall Gregory's on a uh, questionable on the on the injury report right now we'll see if he plays and you know not sure how much of a big impact he'll have but you know anything you can get you're you're gonna want to take at this point for the cowboys defense so yeah this definitely has a recipe for a blowout especially if um if uh dalton doesn't play well and he's turning the ball over so uh yeah i just don't know how like i said how that i don't know how the defense stops the uh minnesota uh offense and i just don't see any way that the offense can keep up with with the scoring that i expect from minnesota yeah no i would i i agree with that and this game is now 
So it was 325 supposed to be the main national televised game. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, this has to be the first time in their careers that there has been a Cowboys game going on at 325 and they're not calling it because they're calling Packers Indianapolis. That's what the NFL thinks of the Cowboys right now. They got they kept the same time slot, but they got unflexed out of the main national window card, which is pretty uh, surprising. I don't think that's ever happened before. Yeah, probably not. But when you have two, <clears throat> I don't, I don't, I'm still bullish on the Colts. I think their record's good. I don't know how good they are. Uh, but two teams with good records, I think you got to go to that to that game. And as pitiful as the the Cowboys have been, I don't think you can justify putting them on on national TV, even though they are the Cowboys. No, I agree. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that's a people are tired of the Cowboys. Yeah. At least this year on national television, watching them. So they went to put on Indianapolis and and the Packers. Um, at that same time. So we'll see. I think Dalton ends up getting a quick hook uh, at halftime. I could see at halftime if he is uh, struggling, I think he's done because I think they know what they have in Gilbert and he could, he can, he can, he's played well. So that's, that's what I think is going to happen. All right. I went one and four in the NFL last week. Thanks to Kirk cousins. So I'm 25, 22 and three on the season. We've been, I've been struggling uh, the last couple of weeks in the NFL. I, I was 20 and 12. I've gone five and ten over the last uh, what is that three weeks? Been a tough sledding. Yeah, I was twenty and fifteen uh, three weeks ago, and over the last three weeks, I have gone. Uh, let me see. I can't even do the math that high. I've gone three, eleven, and one. Oof. Yeah, I'm telling you, go ahead and just fade all my <laughs> NFL picks because your boy is on a cold streak right now. Um. All right. Do you like the card this week or not? Um, I do. I thought there were some weird lines. Uh, I, do, I don't hate the card. So, uh, you know, we'll see what we got. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, f- I feel confident about it. Much more confident than I have the last two weeks, I would say. All right. I would say I feel much better in this card than I did last week. Last week, I hated it. This week, I, I like some things I see out there. So, all right. Why don't you lead us off? All right. So I'm going back to the well. I think I picked them a few times and I'm kind of I think I'm 50 50 on them right now. But I'll, I got the Panthers minus two and a half against the Lions. I uh, like the Patriots minus one and a half. against oh, the Texans. What Panthers is te- you're, you don't care if P.J. Walker starting instead of Teddy B. Oh, that's right. He is injured, huh? Yeah. Is, have they said for sure if he's playing? I, no, I have not seen anything. Oh, man, that's right. I totally forgot about that. Um, let me look at the. Uh, let me look at their injury report here right now. Let's see if he's because <sighs> I know because I know McCaffrey's out for sure. Uh, it says okay, so I see this guy. He's um, PJ Walker. He's a former uh, formerly of the uh, XFL, correct? Correct. He was with the Houston. What was their team name? Houston what? Roughnecks. Uh, Roughnecks. The Roughnecks. Yep. So he was limited. In he practice. was actually pretty good. Yeah, he was. He's played this year too. It was a. Uh, um, Bridgewater was l- limited in practice with a knee injury and will be reevaluated today. Huh? Well, that changes things just a little bit. Um, you know, yeah, we're going to scratch that from the card. We'll scratch that from the card. Maybe we'll have a little update on Sunday. Maybe we tweeted out uh, a change in a, a material change. Think of what I'm going to change that to. I'm going to hate but I'm going to do it anyway. 
Okay, so let's restart with the card. I got the Patriots minus one and a half <laughs> against the Texans. I'm just looking out for you. I just no, no, I appreciate it. No, no, I, I genuinely appreciate that because you were right. I totally forgot. Although I, I do like PJ Walker. He was great. Yeah. He was good in the NFL, uh, or then the XFL. I, I might, I might have to go back to that one. We'll see. Anyway, I got the Patriots minus one and a half against the Texans. I think this game should probably go the way we assume, and much the way we saw the Patriots play last week. Um, Romeo, Romeo Cornell is not a good head coach a good inter- not a very good interim head coach um you know the texans haven't they played one game well after the bill o'brien trade and they really haven't played well since then so i like the patriots minus one and a half i like the packers catching one and a half against the colts i said it earlier i'm a little bullish on the colts i think their record is better than they are um so we'll see there i like miami minus three and a half against denver i know they have to travel to denver and play in the altitude but I just don't think Drew Locke is any good. Um, and I think Miami's actually rolling right now. I do like Minnesota laying the seven against Dallas. Like I said, I think this kid, this has the, uh, the, the recipe for a blowout for Minnesota and the late add to the card. Can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to, can you tell where I'm going? The Bengals or the Browns? I'm going Washington minus one and a half against the Bengals. Yep. (laughs) I was right on the game. I was just wrong on the side. Yeah. I think Alex Smith has something. I think he's got this offense rolling. The biggest thing, the um, the biggest thing is our is our defense has been playing well the last couple of weeks. Um, our offense has been actually pretty pretty good. Um, uh, you know, the, 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 over the last four games, let's see, I have it right here. Washington's offense ranks sixth in yards per game, first in th- on third downs, and the eighth in uh, or excuse me, twentieth in points per game. So I mean, like you know, not not terrible, not bad. Uh, so I think if our offense can keep, can, can keep on this, this same pace and the defense can pick it up a little bit, uh, you know, they could be in a good spot. The biggest thing is stopping T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. The Bengals are bad defensively though. Right. Like running the ball, they should be able to run the Gibson and all the, how many running, they got like what, five running backs that play or whatever, four. The Bengals. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, right now, it's it's pretty much just Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. Every so okay. often, Peyton Barber will get mixed in, but no, it's just it's just those two mainly. Well, the Bengals cannot stop the run to save their lives. So um, I think that's yeah, I don't I that I don't I don't hate I don't hate that. All right. Um, I think they could put up points on the Bengals. Now, the thing, too, is the Bengals offensive line is not good. It's a uh, Cowboys esque bat. So. You got to think they're going to get some. Uh, um, they're going to get some pressure on Joe Burrow. All right, I am going to take the Falcons plus four against the Saints. I'm not believing in standing on a corner, Jameis Winston. Um, but you also can't quit the Falcons either. You love the Falcons. I do love the Falcons, but I've been off on the Fal. I haven't taken the Falcons a lot this year. Yeah. Um, I, I also like the like, Falcons and the Lions. You're on quite a bit. The Lions, I'm on a lot. The Lions are my team. The Lions, I'm I'm on them a lot this year. Um, the Falcons were more last year, but I'm still uh, um, uh, I'm I'm willing to let myself uh get hurt by the Falcons again. I once Dan Quinn, I couldn't do it after Dan Quinn. When Dan Quinn was still there, I was done. Now. I'm willing. Who's their uh, interim? Do you know? I have no idea. I have no idea either. Um, but I'm on the Falcons plus four and a half. I like the Patriots minus one and a half against the Texans. You're telling me the Patriots are getting a point. They're given one point five 
against Romeo. Bill Belichick's got a coach against Romeo Cornell, and they're giving a point. I mean, I'm sorry. That should be the layup. No, I probably just jinxed it by saying that. Yeah, you probably did. Thanks. But the but the seriously, I don't whatever. I'm taking the Patriots. If they, if the Patriots lose, I'm taking a loss off my record and adding it to yours. <laughs> That's not a double loss for me. That is not a double loss. For Raheem me. Morris, I, Raheem Morris of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, so I thought it was. I thought it was Raheem. He's he's had them playing. He's had them playing a little better. Um, I like the Jags plus ten. Jake Luton hasn't looked terrible for the Jags. They've been able to score a lot of points. You got to think the Steelers are going to have a bad game sooner or later. And I remember. It was like last. It was like two years ago, I think. The Steelers were were humming, and they went to Jacksonville and they lost. Some I, there's some the Steelers. I don't think have great history in uh, in Jacksonville. I am gonna take. Uh, uh, I'm gonna take the Chargers minus eight and a half against the Jets. I'm now the haircut was not a great look for Justin Herbert, but whatever. Um, we'll do that. I will take the. I like the Dolphins minus three and a half. I know we're on the same side there uh, against the Broncos. Who knows if Drew Locke plays and their backup, what is Brett Rippon? Um, so I like that. And then what I got one more pick. Uh, I'm going to take the, I like the card. I don't know why I can't figure out what, where my other game was. I'm going to take the, uh, I'll take the uh, Chiefs minus seven. No, 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 no. I'm going to take, I'll take, uh, I'll take the Titans plus six and a half against the Ravens. I see. I almost picked that one too. So I, think I don't hate that. Trap though, isn't it? I don't know. I was. I was. Um, I, I don't hate that pick. Um, I mean, the, the the Ravens are such an enigma because they don't play well against good teams. But are the Titans a good team? Who knows? I don't know. You got to think there's some re- revenge factor, maybe for the playoffs last year. I don't know, but the but the Titans can score a lot of. The, usually, the Titans can score points, and the Ravens, if they get a lead, the Ravens aren't going to be able to play. Um, they can't play catch up. Right. So, I. Uh, yeah, I'll go with the I'll go with the Titans, uh, plus six and a half against the Ravens. All right. Those are our picks for this week. Anything else before you wrap up here? No, that's it. That is it. A lot of what do you think of the draft? Line? I know we talked about what do you think of the draft? It was just kind of weird. Yeah, I, I honestly I did not watch it. I followed it along my phone. OK. I watched a little bit of it. They went they started off with the uh, sob stories again at the beginning for a couple players. You remember uh, the NFL draft? They're yeah. just going heartbreak stories. Yeah. We had that going on for uh, a little bit, and then they decided to uh, shift off of that and go to uh, more um, ecstatic or more just, how are you feeling? There were a lot more guys that uh, were shedding tears yesterday, which, look, that's an incredible dream. I'm not, it was, they were also saying, I'm sorry, which I don't think you really need to apologize for crying for achieving a goal that you had your whole life but it was uh i feel like there were a lot more tears last night in the interviews maybe because it was there surrounded by all their family and stuff like that and it was a different setup i don't know it just seemed like there were more tears during the interviews than there have been before um them no i'm not shaming them are you saying they're not masculine warren that's what it sounds no, like i'm saying. not i'm not shaming i am not shaming uh 
No shaming at all. And Bruce Pearl did his interview when they interviewed him about Isaac uh, Okoro from a grocery store parking lot in uh, Georgia. Love to see it. Stay, stay, staying true to his brand. Yeah, staying true to his uh, his brand there. All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back on Monday to recap the NFL weekend. Talk to you guys then. <laughs>